Do your moms ever apologize? Um, I'm Puerto Rican, so there is no <laughs> such thing as an apology. She's right <laughs> even when she's wrong, okay? You just forget about it after a while and move on to the next issue. <laughs> <laughs> My mom didn't used to. Now she apologizes too much. <laughs> it annoys me. But Aww. uh but growing up, hell no. Nah. Guyanese. Like she yeah. <laughs> she was just gonna be wrong. <laughs> or she was and, gonna and be like right, but she, like that's the that's, hill that they were gonna die on. Mm-hmm. Like they're they are just they are right even when they know they're wrong. And what I used to, my mom would like the minute I knew I was right was when she stopped bringing it up. Because that meant she realized that she was wrong. Yep. And so she would just change the subject. Well, she changed the subject. Yeah, that's when it... Yeah, that's the, that's the go-to move. I'm not wrong. We're just going to talk about something else. Why don't you clean your room? <laughs> so you got homework or something? Why are they like this, man? That's funny. Well... <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Uh, if this is your first time with us, we're the secret group of brown kids. Who are the secret group of brown kids? Well, it's a secret. But you might be able to find us down in Colombia, rerouting rivers and bringing the donkeys back home. All right. <laughs> and on the panel today, uh, we got Lola. I know you're used to Tim and Kareem and Tara, but we finally got some more secret group of brown kids popping up. Well, I messed that up. We finally got some more uh, secret brown kids popping up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the illegitimate children. <laughs> Look, if if you've been with us for a while, you know, like we're just not going to explain this joke. So, <laughs> Papa was a Rolling Stone. Man. That's well, gonna, that's... Hola, it's Lola. <laughs> And we got Denzel. And if uh, <laughs> you've really been around for a minute and you really know your stuff, that's another quarter of the Brotaku block. Hey, we'll Put come em. back one day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's another podcast that uh, I'll be on for anime. Oh, I haven't introduced myself yet. I'm Tiff, your captain, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about me. Uh, today we are doing Encanto for a special Mother's Day episode. I say special as in like I don't know it's Mother's Day. That's why we're doing Encanto. So <laughs> enough said. All right. Uh, currently streaming on Disney Plus. So watch along if you you want to go back and watch it, or if you haven't watched it yet. And uh, Encanto came out November two thousand twenty one. Directed by Jared Bush, Byron Howard. Charisse Castro-Smith, uh, also written by them, I think, and stars Stephanie Beatrice, uh, Maria Cecilia Botero, and John Leguizamo, and a bunch of other folks, honestly. It's a Disney animated feature, not Disney Pixar. It was a Disney one, right? Correct. It was a Disney so, yeah. animated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Budget was $50 million. It made $255 million, which is huge uh 96 million domestic which is which means if you haven't (laughs) seen it yet you were living under a rock because we came here today to talk about bruno and i need you to get on it oh man this is how many times have you seen it lola 
Uh, oh my gosh. Um, are we talking about this year? Or are we talking about <laughs> since it came out? <laughs> Honestly, if we're talking about since it came out, I saw it three times in the theater. And there was a point where I probably saw it about once a week for a solid couple of months. You know what I understand? Uh, this is, <laughs> I think this is my fourth or fifth time. I'm not totally sure, but I love it. Uh, Denzel? Yeah, I've seen it at least. I was a slow, I was a slow burner. I heard all the songs before I actually seen the movie, but You're like, I'll I've get seen to it at least it. three or four times. All right. Uh, so needless to say, <laughs> we liked it. <laughs> yeah. But before we get into that, everybody liked it because... Rotten Tomato score, critics 91%, audience 93 So that's uh, almost as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. We don't got to get into Rotten Tomatoes together. right now, but if you don't know. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that's the thing about Rotten Tomatoes. The critic score, because critics and general audiences don't watch movies the same. Yeah. And like anytime you get that whole, oh, they're paying the critics. That, this is why you have this setup. Uh, but when they're both in agreement, you know, shit was just amazing, right? Yeah. But yeah, moving on. I think I had like a special introduction to it because I actually had an opportunity to see the movie during a, a pre-screening before okay. it released. Um, Are you important? I, I, I'm, I'm not. I just, I happen to have some <laughs> cool friends like the guys I'm hanging out with today. Um, that had access oh, yeah. to <laughs> premieres and stuff like that. But I, when I tell you how hard it was to not spoil everyone, <laughs> but and also to not like shake everyone or figure out some way to work Encanto into any and every conversation leading up to when it first came out within the first couple of weeks after it came out, because I needed everyone to see this movie, like, so I don't know. Yeah, it just from the very first time I saw it in the movie theater, it had to be extra was... hard because it came out in November. I remember, I remember this. It came out in November, but people weren't seeing it yet. And then Disney threw it up on Disney Plus for Christmas, and mm-hmm. that's when everybody started hopping on the train. And mm-hmm. he, I guess you probably had that moment where you're like, "Thank you, I've been <laughs> screaming about this damn movie for a month." Yeah, and also, you know, just in general, I wanted it to do well. I, I guess I wanted it to do well even without going into any of the substance of what the movie is about or why I loved it, just because of the idea that Disney um, shifted its focus to a a Spanish story um, mm. and, a, and a Hispanic or Latino story that wasn't what we've always seen um, if you're in the U.S., which is, you know, the automatic or immediate connection or sort of uh, exchange between Hispanic, Latino, and Mexican. And we had Mm. had so many stories and stuff come out before, like Coco and uh, the Book of Life and all these other ones that were all telling, like, What you trying to say? There's more Hispanic countries than Mexico? Go figure. Go figure. I, so what? I really, I Y'all really all the needed same? this. What? I needed this to do so good because but I needed everybody's a Mexican, right? 
All I know is so, Day of the Dead. That's all I'm saying. Listen, mm. I've had people ask me where in Mexico is Puerto Rico. So like, at this point, like, look, we uh, we watched, nothing surprises me. <laughs> we watched the uh, West Side Story, the remake, uh, West Side Story, uh, recently, and <laughs> immediately I was like, are they going to make the joke that Puerto Ricans are American? And like, they did it like three times. It's <laughs> like, thank you, thank you. And every time they did it, I was like, but the, the what is it, the, the Jets, the white guys? Uh, mm-hmm. You can tell any time they said that, the white guys are just like, huh? <laughs> 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 Shout out Donald Trump, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Did not know this is where we're going. No, we're not. We're not. Yeah. We're not. I'm just saying that I, that I had, there were several reasons why I wanted this film to do well and why I felt for lack of a better term, vindicated when it was an overwhelming smashing success because mm-hmm. um, I needed it to be a success for more reasons than just the surface level of the story that it's telling. And so I'm happy that we're coming out with the numbers now and it's clear that whether you were a critic or just a casual fan, it resonated with the majority of the audience. Oh, yeah. I'm not even, I'm not Latino or Hispanic, but like, I'm from South America, which isn't saying much because Guyana gets lumped in with the Caribbean and not Mm -hmm. the rest of South America because they're the only non-Spanish or Portuguese countries on the continent. But still, I got cousins in Colombia. It was good seeing, I mean, it's not like modern day Colombia, but it's still good seeing that and seeing something different. Like you said, it's always the same and not knocking Mexico or anything like that. Of course not. But to other people, that's all they think everything is that and it's not. Like it's yeah. a it's a huge, huge world outside of Mexico City. <laughs> but uh yeah, so uh real quick, uh spoiler warning, we're gonna get into the movie and go beat by beat through it. So if you haven't seen it, I don't know why, but just letting you know, proceed at your own risk. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on Disney Plus, so you know, go stream it if you can. Lola and Denzel, real quick, how'd you feel about it just in general? Don't get into it too much, but. Uh, Denzel, you want to go first? Yeah. I don't even know why so... I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> we already done said we've seen the movie at least four times each. So will <laughs> be fair enough. So. I didn't go into it, you know, I went into it already knowing some of the songs and like the popularity of the songs. So I was already expecting it kind of a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really still loved it after knowing the Bruno song and not having any context of what that was just because mm-hmm. all of my friends were singing it and like repeating it like all day, every day. And <laughs> it, it was just a great experience. It's a good like family fun time. Um Sometimes I wish I was closer with my family, my extended family. And like that movie kind of like really came out and like showed me a lot of like family values and just culture. And so I really, really appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Um, For me, I am Puerto Rican, but I identify as an Afro-Latina. I have very strong African roots in my family. African diaspora was a thing. Um, and the easiest way for me to summarize what Encanto was is for me, I feel like Encanto was for 
Latinos and Hispanics what mm. the Goofy movie was for African American <laughs> or Black culture. Like it really, it it hits so many points. Yeah. Um, both in the story, um, in some of the key elements in the story, and obviously the thing that everyone always comes back to for both movies the music, the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, and we'll obviously go into that in more detail as we dive into what the movie was about. Yeah. But it really was, it's up there for me. Like if I had to consider a movie that really gave a good representation to what I think it is to be uh, a Latino specifically as opposed to a Hispanic, and this is not the podcast for that, breakdown um but oh, no. i think I, that <laughs> if you want to go, I, get into it they don't learn today yeah i think that uh this movie really did capture a beautiful essence and spirit and some of the key elements that are transcendent irrespective of what your ethnicity is um and it is like i yeah, said real, real me, quick if you don't know race does not equal ethnicity does not equal nationality they go hand in hand, but they are th- three separate things. Uh, True. Look it up if that <laughs> if what she said was confusing to you. But anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I would say that it it is it is for me what what the Goofy movie was for. for this is neither here nor there, up. but I can't hear about the Goofy movie without thinking about the Atlanta episode. Atlanta. Oh my god! Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I said, stand true. Like it is the blackest movie that was ever made by Disney. He I'm said sure that, that episode. they were they were up in his <laughs> office plotting the, the the downfall of white Hollywood. That is <laughs> right a historical fact to me. That episode is history. It's true. Everything about that episode is fully certified, fully researched, verified truth. My favorite thing about the episode is the bump in the beginning, which says everything in this episode is true. Right. (laughs) Oh, man. For me, it's the picture. It's a picture of them in the room on the table with the pose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, man. If you haven't seen it, watch Atlanta. What, <laughs> what about you, Tiff? What was what was the movie for you? Oh, I loved it. I Well, okay, I watch everything, so I don't have a story going into it. But I saw it on when it came on Disney+. Plus. I didn't catch it in the theaters. And I was blown away. Like, I saw it before... I'm not going to say before anybody else, but, like, I saw it before the wave happened where people you know, started hopping on it and watching it uh, and posting about it. So I was like, yo, y'all need to watch Encanto, Encanto. They're like, what's that one? And I was like, it's the new Disney movie. And they were naming every other Disney movie <laughs> but this one. Yes. Now I was like, I don't understand. Like, they, they've been promoting it. Like, I don't know. You know, it didn't stick with people, I guess. And then, but once, uh, I don't know, eventually, like, just something happened where after one weekend, everyone watched it. And then... All of a sudden, We Don't Talk About Bruno was the number one song in the country. And I was like, you know what? Good. <laughs> Honestly, I think TikTok had a lot to do with it. That's probably it. I think it. that TikTok, they, they started to make the little, you know, audio sound clips for We Don't Talk About Bruno and other stuff. And people started spreading it. Mm-hmm. And, and it was either 
people doing dances or choreography or whatever to it, or similar to, I think, what we saw in even more effect with the introduction and the the previews of The Little Mermaid, where you got mm-hmm. to see all of these little uh, brown girls watching Ariel and Ariel being a representation of her. I remember seeing a ton of videos of little boys that look like Antonio, little mm. girls that look oh, like yeah, Mirabel. Right. And like, that was like a big thing. Like, standing there in, front, was just, in front of TV and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like this me, like that's me. So I feel like TikTok, you know, we were still coming out of COVID and TikTok was really like a big thing for people and it blew up on TikTok which then made it all of a sudden become very mainstream. Yeah, that makes sense. Good point, good point. All right, well, let's get into it, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Right. Film starts out with the grandmother explaining to her granddaughter that their family has magic thanks to a candle that holds a miracle. And she tells her a long time ago, uh, her and her grandfather were fleeing their home to safety, but Abuelo, grandfather... Uh, was lost, but as in he passed away. But in that moment, a miracle happened, and the land transformed and protected her and, the ch- and her children and the folks with them. And the house appeared and welcomed them. And when her three children were of age, they were given each a magical gift, and their children as well. And when the little girl is of age, she'll get her gift too, right? Yeah, so it's like she's passing along the stories of the family, the history of the family in the way that there's a lot of uh, folklore that, you know, is a a string or thread amongst Spanish families. So she's giving her the heads up and she's like, don't worry when it's your turn, you're going to get magic too. This is, you know, the traditions and the essence of who we are as the Madrigas. Kind of like how Black Panther started, right? I mean, minus the magic, but you know, yeah. Yep. It's that generational wealth mm-hmm. <laughs> of knowledge, <laughs> cultural experience, <laughs> cultural value, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. sure. That's what I was talking about. I mean, about. <laughs> yes. Yes, because the land protected them from mm-hmm. invasion. So, mm-hmm. very similar to Black Panther, it, it, where they were not colonized. Mm-hmm. So they had, mm, let's talk about oh, it. Okay. <laughs> they, had, they had generational wealth, whether it be both in knowledge and in material things, as you will see, um, that, you know, they were able to pass on to their children and their children's children because they were protected from outside influence or invasion. Take your time, Pastor. And then they got their powers from the herb. <laughs> Word. <laughs> <laughs> this one was a candle but i mean right, there was right. a flame involved so i get it <laughs> oh no this <laughs> took a turn all right uh blaze it uh then we have a time skip <laughs> we have a time skip and the girl's a teenager now it's the day where the youngest member of the family gets his gift uh antonio the children ask for a rundown or children in the town, ask for a rundown of what uh, magical gifts everyone has. So Maribel, who's the teenager, uh, explains it in a song. That's when we get the song of the family magical. 
and I guess we could go through and just go ahead and name the the family members and their powers, right? So Abuela, head of the family, she doesn't have powers herself, but she is like the keeper of the flame. She has the magic candle that all the magic comes from, right? She got that fire. Her. Yeah. Then she had her three kids was a, a Peppa and her emotions control the weather. Julieta, her the food she cooks uh heals. And then there's Bruno, but we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> and then their children, Peppa has Dolores, who has super hearing, and Camilo, who can shapeshift into people, and Antonio, who's about to get his gift. Julieta has uh, Isabella, who can create flowers, beautiful flowers. Uh, Luisa, who has super strength. And Mirabel, who, as we learn, didn't get a gift. And let's just sidebar real quick to talk mm-hmm. about the fact that them village kids were out of pocket. Look, first rude, of all, he could <laughs> hyped up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> <Lou. laughs> no, that when I say that is such no home training, <laughs> such a accurate representation of children. The fact that the the little kid was was like sipping on coffee, and she says like that's why kids shouldn't drink coffee. Like I can tell you, at four <laughs> years old. I was having breakfast and a small cup of Bustelo. Like, it, it's just ingrained from the get. That's so, incredible. So, like, even that one-off little just sidebar where she's like, and that's why little kids shouldn't have coffee, already resonated with so many Latinos that are watching this because we grew up drinking coffee even though everyone says coffee sunk your growth, coffee you shouldn't have coffee as a kid, but like that's not a thing in Spanish cultures. <laughs> oh, you just you just drink it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh after the song, the kids asked uh what's Mirabelle's gift and she tries to dodge the question, uh, but then it's revealed she didn't get one, like we said. And one of the mean ass kids go, If I was you, I'd be really sad, man. <laughs> Children, children are mean as shit. And like they just don't have that filter. They don't have that tact. Man, mm-hmm. look. But I like it at the same time. That chaotic energy is just fun to enjoy when it's not you. It's Yeah, when it's not yeah. you, it's hilarious. But like mm-hmm. you can see on Mirabelle's face, like, mm-hmm. like the thought crossed her mind of kicking this little girl. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so next the, the family's... Oh, go ahead. It's a hurting kid ain't so bad. <laughs> well, and, and also, you know, she's like writing on her family's last name. Yeah. Right? yeah. So yeah. how many people, irrespective of what your background is, um, can associate with that, with like writing on the, the accomplishments of everyone around you? Oh, well, you know, I'm... I'm a madrigal, so I must be special. Like, look at everyone else. And, like, yeah. you're just, your whole identity is somehow attached to everyone else's accomplishments because you don't have anything to say for yourself or show for yourself in that moment. Yep. And, like, That's... like the Encanto is is the town. I think Encanto translates to en- enchantment, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the town is the enchantment, but, like, the magic comes from that family. So they're the biggest deal in that mm-hmm. town. Yep. So, and Mar- for Maribel, not that a gift. Yeah. 
uh, well, and therapy. she's the first one. She's, she's the, the first, first one, one yeah. since everyone, since since the, her grandmother was bestowed the miracle mm-hmm. to have not presented with a gift. And that's when we get to this next part with the it's Antonio's turn to get the gift, and they're having a ceremony. They always have a ceremony for him where the gift is revealed when the casita, the house, the magical house, uh, gives them their own room. Uh, we hear Abuela say, if things don't go right tonight, it'll be hard for us all. And it's like, at first, you don't know why she says that, but then you kind of figure it out. And this is because Mirabelle didn't get her gift at her ceremony, and she worries that something's wrong with the miracle, like the magic. Then uh, on Peppa can't find Antonio, though. But Mirabelle knew exactly where he was, and you know, because I think they share a room, right? They both yep. sleep in the nursery. Because she didn't get her she own She didn't room. get her own room, yeah. so she still sleeps in the nursery. Mm-hmm. so she goes so she's real close to Antonio so she knew that he was already under the bed and she goes down there to talk to him and, and encourage him because he's worried like what if he doesn't get a gift since the last person to have a gift ceremony was Mirabelle and she didn't get hers and she's like no nah, I'm sure you'll get it yada 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 so then we get to the scene where alright it's time to find out what his gift is and Mirabella promised him that she'll be right there by his side and she walks him up and he turns the knob and he does get a gift yeah but that walk man that was because mm-hmm. they, so, they both it's were a nervous walk of shame yeah. it's a walk of shame for her though they both were super she's anxious doing, she's doing this walk a second time mm-hmm. right yeah. she did this whole walk once it didn't work not only is she ashamed of the fact that it didn't work, everyone's looking at her side eye like, what if your bad juju rubs <laughs> yep. off on him? Yep. You know, like, there was just, oh, God. Oof. Mm-mm. Yeah, like, we, we... started too early. Too early. Like, while the walk is happening, we get the flashback of her not getting her gift when she was little. Uh, but, you know, flash forward, Antonio does get it. And like the door opens and it's like a jungle full of animals and like turns out his gift is the ability to talk to animals. So yay for Antonio, but uh, everyone's super excited for him and the family piles in to get a picture and nobody even notices that Mirabelle isn't with them. And instead she's on the other side of the camera with all the guests and we get this musical sequence where it's kind of like halfway in her own head and like we see that She's happy for Antonio, but she feels like something's wrong with her because she's the only one that didn't get powers. And at the end, I I was just to say, I feel like they did a really good job of, again, because I saw this going into it completely blind, like kind of seeing that it maybe bothered her ever so slightly with the first um, song, but Mm -hmm. then really showing her bravery and like her willingness to help her at that to where I didn't even think about the fact that she was really feeling as left out as she was until this next musical mm-hmm. number came. So like, I think they, they, they figured out a way to walk a very fine balance of like showing her being active and part of the family just so much that it seemed like she was kind of she was okay cool. with her role yeah. until she had to be faced with it again. Yeah. Um, and like you couldn't go anywhere, you couldn't do it. You're not a part of it now. You're just seeing the celebration. Then and she then knows because right now, her. now she knows that it's, it's not her. something wrong with the magic. It's her. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think the I think the movie does a really good job to piggyback off that, showing her isolationism, right? Yep. In the sense of you know the magic and the family is so exciting and enchanting, and everyone's so like encompassed with it. So that's the stuff that you think, and that's the forefront of what the village and even the family themselves kind of put like effort into. Mm-hmm. But it's so important that they don't see the things that aren't happening, right? Yep. Song. Yeah, so and like at the end of the song, uh, she's in the middle of the house, and I don't know what to call that part of the house. Is that a courtyard? Uh, not really courtyard. It's like a foyer. It's yeah, like, it's like an open foyer. foyer. Yeah. So she, yeah, she's out in the open foyer like that, mm-hmm. and everybody, everyone's still in partying inside of Antonio's room. So like the, all the guests and every like pretty much everyone in the town, right? They're mm-hmm. inside Antonio's room, so they don't see her out there. And she starts to see the house start to crack, like the tiles start to fall and everything. And she runs back in scared and she warns, uh, t- she tells everyone and Abuela tells her to show her what's going on. But when they all get back outside, no cracks. And now Mirabelle looked like a hater, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. Like, look, she needs to have the attention back on her. Mm-hmm. And that's um, exactly the way everyone looked at it. Yeah. You a hater. like. Listen, mm. just because you didn't get your thing doesn't mean you got to ruin this, guys. And it's like, wow. It's like, and it's crazy because we didn't see it yet. But thinking back on it, you know, even when she found on Antonio underneath the bed, she gifted him, you know, a little stuffed, like, giraffe-looking thing yeah. that she made or whatever. And it was like, they're hinting at something there yeah. that we'll talk about later on. But mm-hmm. it's like, Man, like the way that they just—I didn't even notice that foreshadowing moment until I think like the third time I saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like I didn't—I didn't notice the foreshadowing moment of we don't talk about Bruno in the initial song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I saw it completely without having any basis, as opposed to someone yeah. like Denzel who saw it already, knowing that this song was there and there's a thing. So like. When mm-hmm. I saw it the second time, I was like, oh! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, they, damn, they told us from the get and we missed it. So I think this might have been the first time I watched it where I didn't notice something new. So it took me five, five, four or five watches to get there. And even then, I'm not totally sure, uh, but we'll get to it. <laughs> they, they cram. They do a good job of cramming a lot of like things into scenes that are not obvious to like your normal sight yeah but it's right in front of you oh yeah yep especially in the songs yeah Mm -hmm. and like Uh, the actions of what people are doing in the songs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh so now mirabel can't sleep because everything and then she goes to the roof to kind of sneak up to abuela's room where she could like inspect the miracle candle because it's like what's going on you know the, the the magic's leaving or faltering or something uh, but as soon as she gets to the window, just out of sight, uh, Abuela pops up. <laughs> and uh, But she doesn't notice that uh, Mirabelle's there. And she's talking to a little picture of Abuelo, the granddad. And like here it's revealed that she knows, she knew about the cracks, <laughs> uh, which is dirty when you think about how she acted with Mirabelle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she knew about the cracks and she's worried that the magic is leaving uh, leaving the home again, all right? Then, like, Mirabelle decides she's going to find out what's going on and save the family and save the magic, uh, but she has no idea what to do. <laughs> so she starts out with her cousin Dolores, who can hear everything, which, you know, makes sense. 
Uh, but I love her. This that's I, she's I my favorite Dolores. character. Uh, she's my oh my gosh. We'll we'll get into it as as it unfolds, but she's she's the best character. Uh, uh, she's perfectly unperfect. Look. Well, also like like Mirabelle hearing the grandmother talk to 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 the picture like. Mm-hmm maybe we wouldn't necessarily relate to that in like modern day in that exact scenario. But for me, like that watching that scene made me think of like how many times was I at my grandmother's house and she was having coffee with like some of the other ladies and they're gossiping and they don't even realize that I'm there because I'm just a kid, you know, <laughs> so now you're hearing around. shit that you're not supposed to So now to I'm hear. hearing all kinds of stuff that I'm not supposed to know. <laughs> Uh, or is she on the phone talking, you know, to another lady gossiping? Yeah. And again, I'm overhearing all this kind of stuff. Like it, it just, there's so many things in the movie that just continued it's to fun, resonate with stuff how, that happened. Look, thinking back, that's how I learned so much stuff is hearing my mom run her mouth to somebody. Exactly. You heard, you learned all the family secrets that way. That's you hear funny. the aunts talking to each other or the uncles or, you know, some mm-hmm. older cousin. So that's why Delor- her going to Dolores is so perfect because I'm the third oldest cousin of the cousins in my group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that like I used to go to the two older ones and be like, yo, did you know that so-and-so did such <laughs> and such? And <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> so, uh, so the next day, uh, she asked Dolores if she knows anything, and Dolores responds with, "The only one worried about the magic is you and the rats talking in the walls." And Louisa, I heard her eye twitching all night. <laughs> D- fucking Dolores. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so then we get a a family meal. I couldn't tell if it was breakfast or lunch or what, but a family meal where we really see that like Abuela is the boss because she's like addressing the family and Mirabel tries to <laughs> get get her sister Louisa to talk about what she may know about the magic and everything. And, but like Abuela, Abuela still talking. So <laughs> we get that, that moment where she's like, uh, Mirabel, if you can't pay attention, I'll help you. And like immediately Casita, cause I don't think we probably explained Casita. Like the house is magic, but it's also a character. Like it, it's sentient. Yeah, that's the word sentient. Yeah. That's a so good word. every bit of the house can move. Yeah, it's alive. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. animated. So, and like it, it also conforms to Abuela's will. So she, all she said was, what she say? Oh, Mirabelle, if you can't pay attention, I'll help you. And then she said Casita, and immediately the chair Mirabelle was in pulls back. Everyone, all the other chairs scoot down to fill in, and then Mirabelle's brought right up to the head of the table next to Abuela, and then she cuts her eye at her. <laughs> Is that the only thing that jumped out to you in that scene um, as far as the grandmother's sort of control or authority over the family? Uh, what would you see? If you watch very closely, when Abuela is like walking around the table, initially talking, mm-hmm. she stops behind Isabel and picks out the one flower that's a different color than all the other flowers oh. in her hair. <laughs> Damn, I never caught that. <laughs> perfection, like yeah. she demands perfection, and not just perfection, but like 
specifically Isabel because yes. she is like her yes her power is like flowers creating flowers but like she is the perfect one she is the perfect mm-hmm. granddaughter that mm-hmm. like that has to be a thing like yes everybody got to be perfect but sh- Isabella especially God, yeah, yeah. Yo, she's I'm the telling prettiest you, she's go back the, and look at yeah. that scene and you're gonna see I can't remember if if I think I think all the flowers in her hair are like pinkish purple to match her dress and 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 Abuela picks out the one white flower mm. or it's vice versa where they're all white and she picks yeah. out the one pink or purple but I, I she picks out the one flower in her hair that does not conform with all the rest of them oh that's dope I mean, it's dope that you noticed that. That's it's a su- it's a subtlety <laughs> yeah. that happens when you've watched a movie a hundred times. So yeah, <laughs> well a while. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, when uh, Mirabelle gets a chance, she she catches up to uh, or she sees that Louise is already like on her way to help the people around the town. But we also learn that like it's not uh, as the family with all the magical powers, like Abuela makes it makes them help out the town like it's their duty mm-hmm. to use their powers to better the town uh which i kind of get but it also sucks because it falls under umbrella's uh you know iron fist mm-hmm. i mean i like it you know establishing community service yeah yeah you know, i mean servicing might as well right like you got all these powers right. these people you, you live have all the power them. yeah might as well well yeah i There's mean even power. when they're in the first song, when they're talking about the 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 powers that everyone has, you see like you see Julieta, like there's a line yeah. of yeah. people that are getting fed by her so that they can be healed. Like clearly, they're yeah. they're not family members. You, you see, know? Uh, Camilo, so, uh, he turns into a mom to mm-hmm. help to take what? the baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's a he's a hoot. Uh, but yeah, so like this is when we get Luisa's song "Pressure," where she where we learn that uh, though she has super strength, she's under a lot of pressure to be as strong as the family in the town needs her to be. Uh, but last night, when Mirabelle said the cracks were happening, she felt weak for just a moment. So now mm-hmm. she's like on top of the regular pressure of having to to make sure she she's there for the town and everybody. Now she's scared because she never felt weak before, or at least since she had the powers, right? Yeah, since she's had the powers, she she hasn't felt weak before, but she didn't, she, I feel like she had to have felt a moment of weakness or something because she knew that something yeah. was going on with the yeah, house. It, it Not happened... just that one time. It happened like once before or something. Oh, okay. I, I have to go back and, and correct my, like make sure I'm being mm-hmm. accurate, but yeah. Um, that song, yeah. Oh, Perfect yeah. Pressure. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. It it I, the second time I watched it is when I realized that like the donkeys she was carrying back to their stable are or whatever dancing. are mm-hmm. dancing because and yeah you yeah. see them like falling, mm-hmm. you know when she's doing her thing. But at some point they become her backup dancers too. Yes, man, I was doing weak. A full on choreography. <laughs> <laughs> full. On choreography. Like, I was like, I how just, did I miss that the first time that the, the donkeys are... <laughs> I loved it because it's it's Lin, Lin-Manuel Lin, Miranda, Yeah, Lin-Manuel right? Miranda, yeah. And him being a Puerto Rican, born and raised in the Heights or whatever like that, always, you can always tell when Lin-Manuel Miranda too. touches something mm-hmm. because... 
It, he has a style. He has a style, yeah. and it comes from, at least from what I can tell, being influenced by hip-hop and salsa and mm. reggaeton and, mm-hmm. like, all these different sounds that you hear mm. being a native New Yorker. Um, and so I just, the first time I heard it, I recognized songs that he sampled from that were part <laughs> of the song, and I'm like, this is amazing. Like, of course. Of course it's him. And, like, it just... The whole soundtrack is forget about it. We got to get you back for the In the Heights episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I saw uh, that when it was a play. I love In the Heights. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you're a fan? You're a real fan? I'm a real fan, yes. <laughs> Hamilton? Hamilton, I saw it on Broadway when he was playing Hamilton. I'm not a Hamilton fan, but I'm not going to. Listen, but that's my thing, right? Like Lin-Manuel Miranda, I'm not a history person. Mm. That man made it enjoyable for me to learn history. Like, it's crazy. Not knocking Um, it. Yeah, Yeah. and like, I I went, just real quick sidebar, I saw Hamilton um, with somebody, and there's a part in Hamilton that is a direct sample from a hip-hop song. Mm. Um where everyone goes, and if you don't know, now you know. And obviously, as soon as I heard the first part of it, I finished the rest of that ver- that line, and the person next to me was like, oh, have you seen this before? And I was like, what? Shut up. You- <laughs> Do you not know what's happening? <laughs> How did you not catch that reference? So I just love him because he always, I feel, gives me these little references and these little hints that let me know even if this is the first time hearing it i'm not new to this that's just my point no i love it i think as someone who's read one of the aaron burr books (laughs) and doing a whole like 20 page paper on it it definitely brought back all those memories Mm -hmm. but in a positive way because he really did make it so entertaining because the story's good. It's it's a really interesting story when you kind of like get into the weeds, mm-hmm. but you don't want to read it. <laughs> like you'd have no interest in it. Because <laughs> you hear the people in it, it's like, oh, I don't want to know nothing about that. And he just really brought it to life. So that I've only watched Hamilton like maybe once, like one and a half times. But the one time I did watch it, it was just like, it really stood out. Yeah. It really stood out. Yeah. He's good for that. Yeah. I'm the cornball that. Only likes Moana and Canto and In the Heights. But... It's, it's okay. It's, it's fine. Thank you. We'll we'll talk about some stuff that I think is in the works towards okay. the end of the the All right. the session. So yeah, after her song, she uh she tells Mirabelle that if anyone might be able to help, she should look into Uncle Bruno who left the family. I think I missed. I don't know if they explained it or maybe I missed how Luisa got to that conclusion. But it well, probably doesn't know what you said before that she's already been thinking about it. Well, that, but also you have to remember that Louisa and Isabella are older. Are older, right. so they have a better so memory of. She, she yeah. might remember when Bruno was around yeah. before he dipped, and why? Because obviously, when we get the, uh, when we get when we get the why, we realize okay, like. Yeah. It couldn't have been that long ago that he dipped. Yeah. So. That makes sense. All right. Uh, And then next, uh, Mirabelle enters Bruno's room 
and like we see like the entrance has like falling sand and she asks Casita for help immediately and Casita's like outside the door. I don't know if she's like a floor tile or something. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't actually talk, but however, mo- whatever movements and stuff he mo- does with like the tiles and stuff, they kind of uh, understand what the house is saying, right? But yeah. Casita was like, nah, I can't go in there. You got it. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> So she goes forward through the sand and then she climbs all these stone uh, stairs and then has to swing across the canyon like Indiana Jones and stuff. And then she ends up in lock, uh, getting locked into a chamber. And in there she finds like these glowing broken pieces of glass that come together to form Bruno's last vision. And she asks, you know, what's ruining the magic? And then she sees herself in the glass. And then the stand starts... Uh, falling for some reason (laughs) and so she has to get out she makes her escape and then she falls out of bruno's room uh she runs into abuela and she just saw like when the sand started falling while mirabelle was in bruno's room uh abuela also saw like the candles flame start to flicker so she knew something was up and so now here's mirabelle coming out of bruno's room well she didn't see that she was in bruno's room but she just popped up and she had like sand on her she was looking real disheveled and uh, so she's like, you know, what you doing? Like, she already feels some type of way about Mirabelle, right? Uh, but then Louisa pops up crying, uh, saying, like, she couldn't lift the, she she couldn't lift something. <laughs> so she's having a breakdown about that. And Abuela immediately is like, Mirabelle, like, fuck you doing? <laughs> yeah. So Mir- Mirabelle goes back to her room, the nursery, <laughs> and um. On Peppa pops up. Tia Peppa uh, pops up because I think she's like moving out. Uh, she's Antonio's pulling all the clothes, clothes out of the drawer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, Which is, she, oh god, such she a was already thing, right? in like a. <laughs> she was already like he lives in, a, in his own room now, and she's still over here doing his laundry. Like, get your life. <laughs> look. <laughs> uh, but as usual, or well, you don't know if, if you haven't seen the movie, but you know she's always like kind of in a tizzy for some reason. Frazzled. Yeah, so she already had a cloud over her, and this shit is hilarious because uh, Mirabel asks her about Bruno, and she's like, "We don't talk about Bruno." Like, girl, get away from me, right? <laughs> but then her husband Felix just busts in the room, and he's like, "Look, we really need to tell her about Bruno. Like, we matters what she has to know." <laughs> I love him. This, I love him. This dude, so much. like, where, one, where did he come from? Two, I, I can't. I don't know if I can properly put in the words how funny it is to me that because remember he doesn't have powers. He married into the family, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I can't really explain it, but the fact that the uncle that married into the family is halfway sick of their shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, look, just tell her like she has to know. Uh, <laughs> so now we get he, the. I, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, and he's also like, even even though he's sick of this shit, he's also like such a source of positivity. Oh yeah, yeah like he's still yeah, yeah he's still like, he loves he loves the family. Don't get me wrong, like this is it's like he's always on board, especially when Abuela's around. Like he, you know, he's a marching, uh, I, <laughs> he's a soldier too. But it's like in this like one moment, he he got he got it in where he's like, nah, you she needs to know about Bruno. <laughs> And, and, you know, to me, it wasn't even a, like, she needs to know 
like for her safety or because she's part of the family. Yeah. To me, it was a, she needs to know because I can't keep my mouth shut. Exactly. Like he That's comes across to me as a chismoso and a chismoso <laughs> is a gossip. And it's like you, it's, it's the kind of gossip specifically where like you normally, you normally want to put that, that trait or that characteristic on women. But like, at least for Latin American countries, you, the men. You saying this? Look, it not not even just Latin American men. Like it's a, I can look black men to old black sassy old black men. Yes, oh my like, god. I'm gonna say this because I'm so I'm bad. sure he's not gonna listen to this. But my father-in-law is the biggest <laughs> gossip I know. Like he'll come over to talk to me about grass, and then he'll see somebody drive by and be like, "Yeah, they son hooked on crack. It's a shame." Yes. <laughs> my goodness. Like he, everything about his energy tells me that like he spends late afternoons sitting in front of a window, sipping on coffee, watching the neighborhood so that he can get all of his information to turn around and talk about it the next day. Like that's the energy he gave. So to me, when he came in and he was like, no, we need to talk about it because he was excited to finally like have someone that doesn't know so that he can so, talk so, about it look, because he, you, he just, it's like bursting out of him. You might be onto something. And then his daughter is, is Dolores. Yes. Who, yeah. She hears everything, but also can't keep her mouth shut. So yep. it's, it's in her blood. <laughs> yep. That's yep. funny. Good catch. <laughs> so yeah, now we get the, we don't talk about Bruno song and the sense you get, from the song i mean it's a great song so it's kind of hard to follow but they're basically saying like anytime he's around like bad shit will start to happen and he would give the you know he would uh tell the future and it's always goldfish is gonna die and then he goldfish dies and like <laughs> but they made it seem like it's always his fault or anytime yeah. he comes around it, bad things are going to happen because he's around as opposed to him just saying, hey, it's going to happen, you know? Also, um, other people start to join in on the song. It's not just the three of them. Like, uh, Dolores has a, a verse and Camilo has a verse. And, like, when Dolores, uh, I, didn't, I didn't write this down, but Dolores' little part in the song, she says she hears him. Uh, <laughs> she hears him and he's, like, falling sand. And you see him in the background dancing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you see him doing a little show. Well, first off, like shout out to, again, uh, this is going to be a recurrent theme. Shout out to Lin-Manuel mm-hmm. um, for understanding that Dolores's character was being voiced by Adasa and she is a reggaeton artist oh, I don't um, know out of Colombia. Dolores's character is um let me get her right name so that I don't mess this up. Um or yeah, yeah, she just goes by Adasa. I didn't know she had a last name. Yeah. Um, but she she is a reggaetonera. And so he specifically gave her like a beat and and she's kind of like half rapping it or whatever like that when she's talking. So the you know, it's already a cha cha, but then it switches up. Yes, which is up to a syncopated beat to allow for her 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 verse. And you just see him like vibing in the back because it's such a tight verse to begin with, but it's so great to see it in the background 
Um, and, and it's just, I don't know. He just knew how to play to the strengths of the people. I mean, even same thing with, um, Felix, Felix's character is voiced by a Colombian salsa mm-hmm. artist. Well, yeah, Felix and so was that's up and why he was dancing and you hear like in the beginning, like his voice, when he's singing he's talking about like, it was a joyous day. Like, and that's mm-hmm. why I was saying he's such a happy person. Here's Peppa. And she's just focused on all the things that went wrong. And here he is talking about the same day. And he was like, what a joyous day. He's like, it was a a horrible day. There was a hurricane. He was like, it's the happiest day in my life. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, all the village starts to come in and show all of their examples of stuff. And it's like, at what point did those become self-fulfilling prophecies? Like yeah. the gut yeah. versus you yeah, you balled it and fat. it was gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm gonna come back to this song later because it's something that I didn't notice till you're 37. The watch. first yeah, the first few times that I watched it and I and I heard the song and it finally well, I noticed it, but I noticed it one way and then Thinking on it later, I realized it was the opposite. But I feel like if I talk about it now, it kind of jumps ahead. So I'm going to come back to this song later. (laughs) So next, uh, after we don't talk about Bruno, then we, uh, Mirabelle's dad uh, walks in on her looking at the vision. (laughs) And he immediately, I guess he he recognized what that was. And uh, she she tries to hide it at first. And even Casita kind of tries to help her out. But he already saw it. So she's, she confesses she broke into Bruno's tower and the magic is fading and she thinks it's all because of her. And her dad, being a great dad, <laughs> he pockets the vision of the pieces of glass and he tells her, look, just stay quiet about it and nobody has to know uh, because the Guzmans <laughs> are coming and it's going to be a big deal dinner and everything has to be perfect, but nobody got to know about this, all right? This is just our little secret. And then they turn, look out the door and across the, the foyer... Dolores done heard everything. <laughs> <laughs> and has the deer in headlights like expression. <laughs> Man. And like it's so funny. Like they just immediately knew, like, they didn't say it, but it was just like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Of all the people. <laughs> so now we're at the dinner. Uh and the Guzmans are it's another family from the town, but the son, what's his name, Manolo or um, Mariano? Mariano, Mariano is going to propose to Isabella, uh, Maribel's older sister, the perfect one, uh, and like it was going to happen tonight. That's why everything has to be perfect. <laughs> and, and it's we... also like so creepy because it's like a prearranged thing. Like it was something yeah, that was yeah. puppeted by the grandmother, mm-hmm. abuela. And like uh, Mariano's family or whatever, like that. He's like the local heartthrob in. Yeah, because it's not even like they had like you know in real life it would be like two powerful families or whatever, right? There's only one powerful family here, right? But it's just that. But that's the prettiest nigga around, right? And she's the prettiest girl, exactly. (laughs) And she's perfect, and so she has to have a perfect husband, and it's going to be so they can have some perfect baby joining. Exactly. It's so it's so creepy how it's all puppeted between the grandmother and the mother. Yeah. Um 
Guzman, yeah. Miss, Miss Guzman. So yeah, uh, and like the tensions are super high because half the table knows shit is about to hit the fan or shit might hit the fan. <laughs> and when everything's supposed to be just right for Isabella to, uh, like she's about to get proposed to, and then everything that goes wrong, that could go wrong, does. And everybody blames Mirabelle. Like a whole bunch of hijinks happen at the same time. Freaking Mariano, uh, Uncle Felix spits water on Mariano. Uh, <laughs> uh, because, no, but that scene is so great. It's so great how she is like, <laughs> how Mirabelle is just. She, she, she's staring, yeah, boring she's, into the back of Dolores's head. Like, yeah, you better not say nothing. Don't say it. You, don't you better keep your it. mouth shut. And every time an entree passes and breaks that concentration, she in the split that. second it takes for the entree or the bowl of salad or whatever to pass, the minute it's passed, you see that she's already done told somebody and you see their reaction to it. <laughs> And it's so like, man, it's so like, I was so stressed at that moment. uh, Camilo flips out and like, he goes through like three faces and then he settles on that that, that fucking face. Felix turns to him and is like, Camilo, fix your face. And then he tells his dad and then his dad spits Mm -hmm. the water on Mariano. Yep. And you see when it happens. I think the grandma, like, she doesn't know exactly what's happening. She just knows shit's going wrong. She immediately pours more wine into the glass. <laughs> yeah. She's like, drink up, you guys. Everything is fine. Everything's good. Everything's and good. then, like, Pepper's and then when Mirabelle realizes, uh, yep, yeah, when every... <laughs> everything's going bad. When Mirabelle realizes that, like, the, the pieces came out of the dad's pocket, yep. she tries to distract them with, like, oh, you know, before we propose, there should be a song. <laughs> <laughs> and then they tell Louise to go get the piano. <laughs> he starts crying. Louise just falls out and starts crying, which no one has ever seen her do mm-hmm. because she's the strong, silent type. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like a crack starts to form and like Mirabelle throws herself on the ground and like positions herself. And like, all this oh, happens in like six seconds. It's the funniest <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh God. So, it's the perfect example of if it could go wrong, it will go wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so all that happens. And then on top of that, rats are carrying the shards of the vision away. Mm-hmm. And so Mirabelle goes and chases the rats. And so all that all that's happening. Mirabelle goes and chases the rats. Uh oh, sorry. Uh the the Guzmans leave crying and Abuela's super pissed. Then the rats steal the the shards and she chases them mm-hmm. and she follows them behind the painting and now she's inside the wall and she sees somebody mm-hmm. in a in the like a hooded figure and she starts chasing and like she realizes that's her uncle Bruno and it's like what what's Bruno doing in the walls? Turns out this nigga lived in the walls. The nigga ain't never left. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> this shit was so funny to me. Like I mean it was fun it's tragic when we really get into it, but it was so funny. Like he had a whole setup. Oh my god! And he said, "She's like, what you doing back here?" And he's like, "Well, this is a great spot because it's right near the kitchen, 
And then like you learn, I don't know if you, if he says it or if you notice this when you go back and you watch it again, but he can look through the eye holes in the painting. So it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> so he's, he's at dinner too. Uh, yeah. He yeah. doesn't say it. It's what happens is she looks down at the table and she sees that he's drawn yeah, he's drawn a his picture own. of a plate with his name on it. And mm-hmm. there's like a light shining down. Yeah. And she realizes that light is coming from the tape. So like he's been sitting down having dinner, dinner with, with the rest them. of the family. Yeah. But like, no, we can't go to into this scene and just skip over the pack when he <laughs> when she's like, who's been fixing the cracks? Oh, and, yeah. he, and he has putty. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, it, it's not me. It's been Eduardo or like whatever Eduardo. the name is. <laughs> and, he, and he just flips like, yo, this man has lost his mind. He has split personalities now that he's entertaining himself but with he, beyond he also, the rats. He, he says he's kind of an actor because like he he uh, what's the word? Not not novellas, but like he has these little he, the rats put on. He no, and the rats that's, put on a ex- show. Yeah. Right? It's like a novella though. It's like it's like it's like a little <laughs> puppet show, but deras, it's like the equivalent of novellas for us, which everyone grew up with their family watching their grandparents watching novellas mm. or whatever. So it's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so it was Eduardo. <laughs> <laughs> Goofy. But yeah. I love, uh... I love it. No, I mean that's the point where we figure yeah. out that he's been there and yeah. the reason that he left, right? And like was he tells her, uh, yeah, he tells her that she wasn't supposed to see the vision. Also, yeah. that his gift wasn't uh, helping the family. So, like that's, uh, yeah. And he had the vision the night that she didn't get her gift. And when Abuela asked him to see the future because she was worried about the magic, he saw he saw like the vision was shifting, and it was like the house cracking and Mirabelle was in front of it, but sometimes the cracks would disappear if you hold it up, like kind of like a, one of them little holographic cards or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he decided to leave because they would see that vision and see Mirabelle in front of the cracked house and everybody would blame her. So he left to protect Mirabelle. No. Oh. Right? This, this whole thing hurt, left, right? Left, air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not even that though, but like, even going back to the we don't talk about Bruno song, like mm-hmm. how dismissive, like they could like that is a family member, and this is like yes. we don't even like they just shove it under the rug, like we don't talk. But about that's that. that's like, it's a thing though, right? Like oh, I'm not God. I don't know about y'all's family. I'm not I don't even know if I actually have, but it's a it's enough of a thing that we all get the idea of that family member we don't talk about whatever mm-hmm. they did or didn't do, like we. <laughs> I am the oldest. I'm about to put some real, some real ish out there. Let me tell you why this movie means so much to me. Mm -hmm. I am the, the third oldest cousin. My second oldest cousin, unfortunately had a bad run in with some chemical substances when he was in high school. Mm -hmm. And as a result of it became bipolar. When I tell you my aunt completely like, severed his connection to our entire family to the point where he ultimately ended up becoming a ward of the state of California and none of us have any contact with him 
and no one talks about he's we'll just call him our Bruno. No one talks about him in the family except for me and my mother. We're the only ones that are be like, yo, so, you know, you know, it was Bruno's birthday. Like, has, you know, has anyone thought about trying to figure out how we can get in contact with him? Like, so it was, it touched to a core, like memory and an issue that I have in my own family in the way that people can just pretend that someone never even, Yeah. yeah. Like just erased, erased from history. That's it's so crazy. sad. It's yeah. so real. So then Bruno and Mirabel decide, or I miss, I'm skipping over the part where Antonio shows up and he's like, yeah, the rats told me everything. <laughs> but Bruno and Mirabel, at what point did the rats tell him everything? Did they tell him in that moment or like as soon as he got his powers and he started talking to all the animals, they're like, yo. How did he know when he got his powers? Because he, he seemed like he like knew yeah, all Yeah, he already him. knew, he just didn't right? didn't really care to tell nobody. Yeah, like no no one talked because he's the baby. Like no one just talks to him yeah. about stuff. He was and, like, oh, okay. Okay, cool. There's a dude in the, in, in the walls. All right. Uh, right. <laughs> which is also a very childlike thing to do. Just right. All right, just accept it. That's neat info. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, like he the 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 gravitas of it all doesn't affect them. Uh, anyway, yeah. So they decide to uh, try and get Bruno to have another vision, and at first it ends up being the same, but eventually they see Mirabelle hugging somebody, and it turns out that it's her perfect sister, sister Isabella, and Mirabelle is pissed. She's like, "What do I gotta what?" Like she, she has to be the one to save it. And Bruno's like, nah, like, like you guys got a hug, but it, it's it depends on you. Like you got to be the one to figure this out, <laughs> right? And like at that point, she's she's thinking about her sister, and she, and you know she's only she's seeing things from the lens of everything that Isabella has in comparison to everything that she doesn't have. Yeah. Right? Like, there's like animosity built in. There's been constant comparison. Mm-hmm. Why can't you be more like Isabel? You're ruining this engagement. For also Isabel. to, to <laughs> be fair in defense of Mirabelle here, Isabella kind of <laughs> like, we see her be mean to her or at least like, oh, kind yeah. of like snobbish yeah. to her. Right. So yeah, she's like, don't ruin this tonight. Like, so, yeah. I, I kind of get it, but it also doesn't help that like Isabel is the 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 pretty one, and like mm-hmm. like Mirabel Mirabel's not ugly, but she she's kind of nerdy looking. She wears yeah. glasses. Like you see, like Isabella has like the the pointed nose, but Mar- Mirabel's <sighs> is kind of wide. And like there's like Mirabel is not ugly, but like you see her in comparison to the perfect sister, and you can see how all of this is just like, damn. She's like, I gotta hug her. <laughs> I will say, I know Lola's ready to go in. <laughs> it is also dictated by how Abuela is putting yes. effort and yeah. you know who's who and the importance. Yeah, like this is the pretty one. Like Abuela designated right. her as the pretty one. Like even it's not just her being pretty, but the fact that Abuela addresses it like makes it known that this is the perfect grandchild. Which and this is the imperfect one. Yeah, so and this is the imperfect word. one. You're right. It, it ha- does have a lot to do with the brother in the background. But it also has to do with a very clever and specific 
way that they were animated. It's no coincidence mm-hmm. that they gave Isabella more Eurocentric features. Yeah, her straight, hair is straight long, hair. flowing hair. Pointed nose. A slender nose, mm-hmm. slender body type. That was done on purpose because Look. an underlying theme, irrespective of where you are, if you're outside of the, mm-hmm. you know, European countries or like that, is this uh, this idea of colorism and this idea of what is a beauty standard and beauty standards having always be- been standards. dictated yep. by Eurocentric beauty standards. Mm-hmm. So you've got uh, Mirabel, she's short, she's got naturally curly hair. She's like, a, you know, a little frumpy. She's got a wide nose. She has to wear glasses, mm-hmm. like all these things that are contrary to what you would expect from the right. Re- and, and the grandmother on the flip enforcing- side, this bitch shit flowers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Grandma's enforcing these Eurocentric beauty mm, standards. Mm. And so, mm. yeah, it's very well put. It gets very real well deep. Yeah. Thank you, Lola. <laughs> uh, okay, just tell you, I was on the Trying, I'm breathing. <laughs> so, uh, Mirabelle goes to Isabella's room, and Isabella is still pissed about Mirabel ruining dinner. Shit, it might be the same night. I, I'm not sure. Or the next day. Mirabel ruined them, uh, the dinner and tells her to apologize. <laughs> and Mirabel is like, uh, I'm, I'm not even sure if she says it or not. If she's just like, I'm sorry, but it definitely wasn't genuine. She was mad at Oh, no, she it. does. She, yeah. I'm sorry that your life is so perfect. <laughs> She tried. She tried she, so she, hard, she like tried to, to be the bigger person. Like, okay, if I just, I just need to hug her, and mm-hmm. everything will be fine. But, so, I, but then it was just like, nah, yeah. this is too I'm, much. <laughs> I'm not a girl. I don't have any sisters. But this sister moment was so, so well real. done. Like so real. So real. So <laughs> like, like Isabella, like wanted. She knew. That Mirabelle wouldn't want to apologize, mm-hmm. so she was like, she did the one thing that would just make her pissed off, and that's how she was getting back at her. And Mirabelle tried, <laughs> make tried. it. <laughs> oh man! So they they start to argue, and then Isabella, instead of a flower, creates a cactus, and like Mirabelle's still going in, and she doesn't think twice about it. But like Isabella stopped, and she's like. Yo, I've I've never made this before. She's like real intrigued about this cactus, and even when she touches it, it pricks her, and then it grows, and she's like she's mesmerized by that too. And like then we learn like Isabella doesn't like being perfect. Uh, she finally starts to actually like respond back to Mirabelle at this point. She doesn't like being perfect, and she was only going to marry because it was a good look for the family, and it's what Abuela wanted. Uh, so. Yeah. Remember I told you that I had this revelation yeah. about we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah. So yeah. the first few times that I watched it, when we got to Isabella's part, right? The music changes, right? It's just yeah. her voice. It, it's coming across almost with this sort of like angelic, you know, she's coming down yeah. this, on the swing and everything <laughs> like that. And, and immediately my, my first, you know, guttural reaction was like, here comes this perfect ass fucking bitch. <laughs> Everyone's talking about how they've gotten all these negative predictions and 
Bruno told her that she's going to have all these powers. Her powers Everything is going to be great. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's going to have this perfect <laughs> life. Like, go F you. And then it... My goldfish then, died. My, my, I got fat. I'm I lost bald, my hair. I'm fat. Your power's just going to get stronger. And you'll continue yeah. to be pretty. And then it hit me that, again, like we said, yeah. there's been a negative connotation yeah. to all of his things. And so and him telling her that that was, was negative almost, to her. Yes, yeah. it was negative to her, and it was almost the opposite. Like mm-hmm. she, she thought that like her powers were going to grow, and yet here she was stuck having to do the same perfect, you know, plants and shrubs and all this stuff each and every day, and constantly be perfect. And it was like he told me this almost like to mock me. Because like I got my hopes up, but here I am years later still doing the same stuff and I haven't created anything new. My powers haven't grown anything. And I thought like, wow, mind blown. Because I I never saw that. That's a great catch. The first time. Like the first time I was just like this perfect ass little bitch. (laughs) And then I was like, yo, she she was suffering too. Because he told her all this information and it never came to fruition. And it was almost like, hot psych, you know? <laughs> Dang. That's a real good catch. All right, Lolo. <laughs> Let me find out you watch movie. other movies like this. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know that I do, but I love this movie so much. <laughs> well, you gotta. We'll make a cinephile out of you. You gotta stick your pinky out when you say that. But you yeah. can't say that too much because people don't know what that word means. So... And you can't be running around like, being like, I'm a, I'm a cinephile. Kind of yeah, and they're going to be like, yeah. ain't that side. <laughs> That's one of my favorite uh, meme. I guess it's not a meme. It's a tweet. And it was like, hey, bro, stop calling yourself a cinephile. You're scaring all the bitches. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Uh. So she's super intrigued by the cactus, yada, yada. And then that's when we get the song, uh, What Else Can I Do? Uh, Because making imperfect plants Mm -hmm. is exciting for her, right? It's a new change of pace. Mm -hmm. And during the song, this is, this shit took me out. During the song, Abuela looks up and sees Mirabelle and Isabella dancing on the damn roof, making all these ugly flowers and shit. (laughs) (laughs) All these ugly plants. And she rushes back to the house, pissed. You know what I liked about that scene, though? Good. It made me think a little bit of the Holly um, yeah, festivals. Yeah, yeah. Right? With all oh, the, the colors yeah. exploding or whatever like yeah. that. Yeah. So even though this was taking place in Colombia mm-hmm. and has all these strong ties, like, from a it's, visual perspective, they still found nice ways touch. to make it, re- yeah, relatable beyond just having, you know, coming from a Spanish or Hispanic or Latinx background. Yeah. Because it, Holly it was Festival just, it was Indian, fun. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's Indian. It was yeah. fun. It was beautiful. It was colorful. It was vibrant. Yeah. Like, and like she, I, I just she love gets that scene for that. Like it, the the color, the I guess what's it? It's like colorful powder or something, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Like that's it's popping up like, everywhere. Um, like it was coming out of the flowers, and she was pollen, like, she, pollen. Yeah, it's pollen. like colorful right. pollen. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So she was kicking the kicking it everywhere, and like it got all over her dress and in her hair, and now she has like part green hair and like she's loving it abuela though abuela yeah no she was not having it oh man so abuela confronts uh, she runs back to the house she confronts maribel and maribel tries to tell her that the candle was burning brighter when uh 
her and Isabella were doing their thing. Uh, Abuela shuts it down. She says, everything is because of Mirabelle. Everyone's losing their gifts because of you. The house is cracking because of you. And Mirabelle hits back saying, no matter what she does, she'll never be good enough for her, uh, her being Abuela. And everybody else is hurt and trying to live up to her standards. And it's not Mirabelle's fault. It's Abuela's fault that the magic is dying. And like when they're fighting though, like you see, like Isabel don't say nothing uh, in the background. Like Ooh, nobody else is saying I'm anything so because, but everybody is like almost terrified of Abuela, like or at least not not specifically Abuela, but like they're terrified of not like of going against her will. Like, no, every, she's the author. She she's yeah, the matriarch. The glue, she's the matriarch of the family, so mm-hmm. she is the authority figure. But like, how are you gonna have this like? You, you, this like big there's revelation. This, this understanding building an animosity between mm. Mirabelle and Isabella, and they finally have this beautiful big breakthrough and this whole bonding moment. And this is your this is her older sister. She's like finally understanding and realizing and like looking up to her and everything like that. And here's your first opportunity to be an older sister mm. and like say something, say anything, and just nothing crickets and i'm like nah son that's i don't i'm not okay with that but i also get it too because it's what the standard was right it's mm-hmm. what, it's how things were well and it's, and, and it's a show of respect right like yeah. you have to respect your elders but yeah. i feel like if i remember correctly <laughs> like the mom had said something once before to the grandmother julieta but very low-key yeah. Like yeah. you know, Mirabelle's trying. Yeah, or she was. Like she was. That, she know? was sticking up for her. Yeah. So like the the mom said, you know, with within the limits of what she can say because that is her mother, right? Yeah. And like she can't be disrespectful to her mother, but she said something. So that's where I. That's why I'm like, I think it was, Isabel, uh, like, you couldn't have said anything. It was like because I know she said the, something uh, afterwards, but when yeah. they were planning the the, the ceremony. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just like you know, she said something. Or dinner. You know, again, low key, nothing crazy, but something just to show yeah. that like she's sticking up for her daughter. And I just feel like Isabel like could have said Abuela something. It was kind of just like you know, well, she needed not get in the way, <laughs> something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel you. But nah, Isabella was in the background, stone face, like not stone face, but she was quiet. Like quiet. You, it's that like, oh, I'm about to get a beaten too. Are you for like, yeah, <laughs> you you and your siblings got in trouble and like you, you, your brother getting cussed out and you trying not to make a noise so you don't get one too? Mm. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't. I'm the oldest, so I guess I, I you the I one getting cussed life, out. I was I was gonna get beat up regardless. Yeah, like it was always gonna come back on me anyways. If they did something like it's coming back on me, so I might as well speak my truth. <laughs> I got you. I'm also the oldest, so I get that. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. I'm the only one. So, <laughs> so the oldest here, the youngest. I get well, it. Everything. Uh, but yeah, so while they're fighting, uh, the candle starts to go out and the house starts to crack and, co- and collapse. Like it's a wrap. And Mirabelle charges for the candle, which isn't easy because like it's on the third floor. And Isabella charges and Camilo charges, but they don't make it. Like, and Casita's trying to help them like along the way, but the Casita is the house and the house is collapsing the magic is dying so it can't it can only do so much and like most of it was trying to save because isabella and uh camila both like jumped and missed and like it saved them but like it couldn't keep everybody 
you know, going at the same time while it's also falling apart. But Mirabelle actually makes it, but it's too late. The house falls, crumbles, and she she gets to the candle, but like the flame goes out. Whole house falls apart. You know what I love about that scene? What's up? I love that it shows that at the end of the day, they had become so dependent or reliant on their gifts. Yeah. That mm-hmm. when their gifts weren't working, they mm-hmm. they didn't know how, they couldn't do anything. They didn't, yeah. You know, and, and exactly. like the only one that was able to get to it was the one person who didn't have Didn't have gifts. a gift, yeah. And so she had to, you know, she just had to do it for you herself. Because you saw Camilo like, like mid-jump, to, he turned into like a mm-hmm. tall man. And he still yeah. couldn't make it. And like Isabella was yeah. trying to swing on her vines, couldn't make it. But Mirabelle knew how to get up. Yeah, you're right. That's dope. Yeah, that goes yeah. to hold the all goes towards what we we're talking about earlier too, in the sense of like that reliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how that was that was how the ship was kind of operated. Yeah. And uh but yeah, the flame goes out, it's uh, dust on everyone, rubble everywhere, and Mirabelle runs away into the mountains. Then we get a. Uh, Abuela tracks Mirabelle out out into the jungle and finds him open by a river. And Mirabelle apologizes, trying to you know for trying to uh, be something she's not. And Abuela tells her this is the river where the miracle was given to them, and she's never been back because it's also the river where her husband died or was killed. Then we get a flashback to the song uh, "Dos Orgullitos," yes, which translates to two caterpillars. Correct. Yeah, and then the second verse is two butterflies, mariposas, right? Mm-hmm. Hey. Correct. I, see I know three Spanish <laughs> words. <laughs> uh, I think you got four today. I think you got four. All right, mm-hmm. all right. I'll give you that extra one. <laughs> that, song, that song breaks my heart. Man, look, every, look, so whatever. I, this is a podcast. You overshare on it. After I saw the movie initially, it was around Christmas time or January, or whatever. Like all I had, all I was listening to in that time, like for like a two week period, was the Encanto soundtrack and the In the Heights soundtrack. It's funny that wow. like they came out the same year, so I just bounced between the two. But anytime I got to this song, like and like I work a good ways away and I have to go across a bridge tunnel, and like it would always come out or start playing when I'm like on the bridge going across the water, and I'm like, God damn. So, so <laughs> you're tearing up Not on my way to work. Movie. Like, don't do this. And I'm Maddie Posa. <laughs> don't no you hold on to? to- <laughs> I love that they had the foresight also to mm-hmm. to re-record the song in English. Yeah, like yeah. I love that they during gave the us movie the- it's Spanish, yes. and then you hear the English version in the credits. Yeah. Yes. And I love mm-hmm. that. I love that they actually like they gave us a a song in Spanish in yeah. the main movie instead mm-hmm. of doing it the other way. Yeah. Um and and but also still gave the song in English so that kids could understand what's mm-hmm. being said. Yeah. And, and adults, obviously. And, but, and like me. Know, this is for kids. <laughs> yeah. This is supposed to be for kids, but you know. <laughs> mm. Look, this I mean, yeah, you can this and uh uh, what's the other one? Soul? Like, it's yeah. hard to make an argument that Soul is for children other than it, it looking, you know, like Kitty. Animated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. this and Soul, oh man, like, 
it's definitely more for adults than kids, but you know, it's, it's, the, the, ki- it's, it's the, the kid inside of the yeah. adults. Look, <laughs> man. But anyway, me driving across the bridge crying at this song. Uh, <laughs> look, even though it's not exactly a sad song when you think about the lyric, because it's more of like a coming of age song, like the caterpillars growing up and learn like being pulled apart, but eventually they'll come back together, right? But man, like this jank, the way it makes me feel is like it's like yeah. it's like the damn uh Fast and the Furious song when Paul Walker does. Oh yes, oh, yes, look, yes. Man, look. Yes. I mean, God forbid I don't live long enough to make it to the singularity where I can upload my consciousness into a robot. <laughs> Play the Fast and the Furious funeral song and play this song at my funeral, even though it has nothing to do with dying. I just, just, I just want people to cry. All right, just do got that for you. me. Got you. Thank got you. Got you. We got you. <laughs> you know what I liked about this is we is again going to the thing that I said uh, earlier um, about the U.S. only associating mm-hmm. um, the the. Latinos and Hispanics with Mexican and therefore like the immigrant struggle mm-hmm. yeah. with Mexicans and not like, it was so beautiful to see like the other Spanish and just any other, you know, countries yeah. that are not, you know, connected with the U S in that way, like do have very similar stories about struggle and wanting to like flee from, you know, persecution or war or whatever it is and trying to just all they're looking to do is just try to find a refuge and a place that is safe that they can protect and grow their family and it was just like i just thought it was so beautiful and i think Mm -hmm. we were talking about this um in prep for for the um for the episode that this scene and and the story itself is meant to at least you know, give tribute or honor to the Thousand Days War that actually took place in Colombia. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we get to in the flashback is we see a uh, Abuela and Abuelo and their three babies uh, leading the townspeople away from danger because, like, there's folks setting the, their town on fire. And they make it to the river, uh, but the folks that were trashing the town caught, caught up to them and abuelo tries to buy him time uh but he's cut down and like a oh, man this is messing with me now uh he's cut down like you don't see him die but you see abuelo scream yeah. holding them babies uh, <laughs> that was a it was a soul cry it, right, was, yeah. it was a guttural mm-hmm. soul cry that they somehow managed to i don't know how they managed to animate that yeah look man like her her that scream is like burned in there like anyway but like that that moment that's the moment where the miracle was granted like uh when she screamed and the candle forms and like the 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 ground starts moving and like mountains grow between them and the the their pursuers and like that's when the encanto is made to protect them so, like, in that moment, her losing Abuela also saved everybody, but, like... Mm. It was, like, his sacrifice. It was, like, yeah. his sacrifice. Yo, honestly, honestly, that that scene 
Um, the closest thing that I can compare it to for people that may not have seen this movie yet, but have seen the second Black Panther mm. is like Ramonda's like yeah. performance in the second Black Panther, right? Like, like that's like, I don't know how they animated and figured out how they could capture the that same grief. essence that she yeah. was able to, yeah, that she was able to like put on screen. It's just, man, get your tissues. She said, my whole family is gone. Mm. Yeah. Dang. Yo. Anyway, the encounter was Also, cool. shout out to Abuelo because like she had triplets. Yeah. Just know that. She had triplets. Mm. Like the all them babies were the same same age. Yeah. They were all born at the same time. She had triplets. So shouts to her. She wasn't, <laughs> you know, she was she was tough. Yeah, so the flashback ends and Abuelo says that they're broken because of her. And Maribel sees the butterfly from Bruno's vision and and tells her that the miracle, the family and everything also or and that the family and everything is also because of her and nothing can't be fixed as long as they're together. Sorry, that's a double negative, but I should have reworded that. Can't anything can be fixed. There yeah, you go. I get it. You. <laughs> anything can be fixed as long as they're double together. Positive. I'm with you. I got you. Uh, We're here. <laughs> but yeah, um, so so uh more butterflies appear and swarm around them, implying that like the magic is coming back, right? And you know why the magic came back? Why? Do you want to know why the magic came back? Tell us. It was it was a Mother's Day miracle. Oh. We have on screen the very first ever documented apology from an elder. Oh shit! Acknowledging that they were perpetuating this generational trauma, taking wow. ownership of it, and actually saying, "I'm sorry." This is a big moment because I have yet to have ever experienced this in my own life. So <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> this is huge. The, the magic came back because she apologized. Everyone that's listening, tell your older folks that they just need to apologize. <laughs> and the magic will come back. And the magic will come back. That's funny. <laughs> I am going to be shadow banned for life. <laughs> that's and these are why we didn't get our powers that one time. That she said, and that's about. why the magic right? came back. Because Abuela said sorry. <laughs> she, she, Abuela I had have... accountability. <laughs> That, that is unheard of. That was a miracle. See, it was a miracle. Like the miracle that they had to do in Canto, that miracle came back by just fixing her lips to say, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but I believe that one day you'll hear those words. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Bruno shows up on the horse all late to save Maribel. <laughs> uh, shout out Bruno, because... What I if Abuela wasn't there? Like, right. he, here you go, saving Arabella again. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he was trying. Uh, he had the bucket on his head and everything. Anyway, uh, Bruno shows up late to save Mirabel, but it's uh, it's all good to go now because you know he's late. And so Mirabel and Abuela ride back on his horse uh, back to the destroyed casita together, and the family's still out there, dusty, looking for Mirabel. <laughs> 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 Do you think that they were like genuinely worried or if they're just like, yo, we need to we need to be her ass? Like 
we're homeless now. I so. mean, I think the mom was like the parents were generally worried. Yeah. I don't. I can't say definitely the parents because they 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 <laughs> were on her side the whole time. Yeah, uh, they, they held her down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Within Pe- the boundary set by the grandmother, Peppa probably not. Um, Peppa, she, I don't think she ever really fucked with Mirabelle. That's the way. It's- <laughs> like she loved her, but like. If they weren't family, they wouldn't be friends, you know? Anyway. Right. Yeah. I mean, she also has her own kids, right? Like, yeah. and her kids ain't ain't messing shit up. Like, her kids are, they all got powers, you know? Like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I gotta be punished. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we, we get the song, uh, All of You, where they sing about being more than just their gifts. And they welcome Bruno back in the song also. And this lore, Dolores slips in. She knew Bruno was there the whole time. Obviously, because she hears. Yes, because she hears everything. And then, <laughs> if you if you really pay attention, she said it two times earlier in the movie, <laughs> or she hinted <laughs> at it. The first time was when Mirabelle asked her about the the cracks, and she said, "Well, the rats in the wall are talking." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the second time was during the "We Don't Talk About Bruno" song. She says. She hears them in the walls. It's like sand falling. Mm-hmm. So take now take all of that in mind, right? Think about what Bruno does in the walls, right? Like he's in there <laughs> acting out his little, <laughs> his little stories with the, the, the rats and Eduardo and everything. <laughs> Do you think Dolores was in there like really like following it along like it's her soap operas? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like she would a look forward. Percent. I need to know what happened to Eduardo and the rats. Like That's a hilarious. thousand percent. <laughs> but like if she hears, she has supersonic hearing, right? Like mm-hmm. if she hears everything, doesn't that also mean that she should have heard the sound of like scraping on the wall as he was plastering the cracks? Well, yeah, she heard all that. So here's yeah. the thing. Even though she knew he was in there, and she probably eventually figured out why, or already knew why, and all that stuff, this is like Isabella falling in line and not wanting to get on the grandma's bad side. This is her way of doing that by not saying Bruno's still here. Because remember, why does she keep this secret when she done (laughs) told everybody else business, right? Uh, True. I think like this was, she knew that this would upset Abuela. So she didn't cross that line. And even though she blew the dinner, she, she blew up the dinner because <laughs> um, she blurted it out uh, that Mirabelle was doing the Mirabelle stuff. Mm-hmm. So, well, why did she blurt it out? She blurted it out because she didn't want the proposal to happen. Because remember, she liked Mariano. Yep. yep. <laughs> so it was- well, and that was the thing, right? Because like <laughs> Isabella had this beautiful verse and in, in uh, we don't talk about Bruno. And oh, then yeah. the very next verse is, is Dolores, Dolores saying that she liked about the Mary. love of her life is gonna be betrothed to somebody else. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, bruh, we mm-hmm. already see where this is going, and mm-hmm. this is I even messed think up. There's a scene where she lies to her about something she heard in regards to him. I can't remember what she said, but she lies to her literally. Which one? She about. lies to Dolores. Lies to who? To Isabella. Mm. In one of the scenes leading up to the dinner, I'm trying to. Remember. Oh, I, I, I uh, something about like the excitement about the engagement or something like that. It has mm-hmm. something. To, well, she tells him. She tell. She's the one that says he's planning on on proposing. She she lets that secret out. Mm. So, Did she say uh, yeah, something about I, five babies or something? Yeah, I think that's what it was. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Dolores, my favorite character. 
I love her. Like, not just because she kept this, but because of everything. Like, the fact that yeah. she hears everything, she's a gossip, but then she keeps that secret. But then when it's time, to, when she's about to, like, lose her man, I get not really her man yet, but, like, yeah. that's when she blows everything up. <laughs> like burns the whole house down because it was it was a personal choice. Go to Lord. I also just find her to be to me, I find her to be the prettiest of the sisters. Nothing no knock against Mirabelle. Um, but I just I just like her. I like that they made her like or I even know she's not a sister, but of all the cousins, I should say, or grandkids. Yeah. I mean uh, yeah. I find her to be the prettiest. She's got, you know, natural hair, she's got a little bit slightly darker skin tone. Like mm. I I mess with all of it. I got you. Yeah, Dolores Man, had to go. I'm thinking about it. She would have heard the cracks too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like literally the cracks, not them trying to fix it, but like the cracks mm-hmm. happening. You know. The townspeople arrive to help rebuild a house uh, as they keep singing. When it's back up, they present Mirabelle with a doorknob, uh, doorknob to the house as as a way of finally giving her her gift ceremony moment. Right, like now you get to finally open a door, kind of thing. And when she puts the knob in the door. The door starts to glow, and we see the magic form, like the silhouettes of the entire family. I didn't mention it before, but like each, everyone's door has their them on their door. So now the whole family is on the front door of the house, uh, and Mirabelle is front and center. As they enter the revived Casita, we see everyone's powers are back, and like Casita pushes them all together, and we get a new family picture. And this time, making sure Mirabelle was in it. Mm-hmm. First Finn. off. That end part of uh, that end part of the song, um, all of you, yeah, makes me sob like a freaking child every wow. time. Like I can when hear she gets the doorknob? and see when she gets the doorknob, when they're like, "Who do you see?" and she's like, "I see me." Oh, oh, oh my god! Like I'm tearing <laughs> up right now. <laughs> like that part of that song just makes me cry every time but also do you think there's anything to be said about right so like every time that one of them got a gift their um face was on the door and also like what was behind the door you know was directly correlated to what their gift is yeah so yeah with her you know, with them giving her the doorbell or the doorknob, I'm sorry, to um, open that door. Uh, for me, I took it as her, she does have a gift and mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. as visible as everyone else's gift. Her gift is her ability mm-hmm. to be able to see her family and anticipate their needs and like yeah. be there. Because yeah. if you go all the way back to the very beginning, she knew exactly where Antonio was. Yep. She presented him with a, a, you know, a stuffed animal, which was a little, you know, Easter egg to what his gift was going to be. And like she was there with him when he had to do that walk. She was there to be able to comfort Louisa and let her know that she doesn't always have to be strong. She was there to uh, break Isabella out of her routine. Yeah. Like, like she's been, her gift is her ability to be there for her family, to show up for her family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I took it, at least. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I took it, I took it two ways, and one of them really aligns to what you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like, not that she's the replacement of what Abuela is, mm-hmm. but what the realization of what a perfect abuela might be mm. being that like keeping she was a foil 
Yeah, you know, and like treating people the way and keeping them the way they are and appreciating them for who they are and allowing them to express themselves and be human, but also appreciating them and giving them support where needed, right? Where otherwise it was everything's this way, it's rigid. And if it's, you know, it doesn't really give a lot of self-expression or creativity or individuality to what their day-to-day lives were. Yeah. Um, So I took that portion and then I really liked how you know, as an overall movie and, you know, her her story, Mirabelle, aligns so well with Bruno's story and like being misunderstood. Um, I think their powers are kind of similar to kind of what you were saying. Like she's always it's kinda of like a the way I would think about it is like a it's a time power, kinda of like what you're saying. It's um and they kind of align in like the isolationism, the you know, people were kind of pushing them to the side, they'd understand it. For okay, sure, that's but, definitely how Bruno like meshed with uh, Mirabelle. Is mm-hmm. they both, you know, they both were kind of the black sheep. Yeah, but both their powers are so significant to the longevity of the family. Yeah, and it's just the misunderstanding of what that power is and how you can relate to it because it's not it doesn't give you like a direct like feeling of what it's capable of and how it benefits you. Yeah, so it's yeah essentially (laughs) i agree with all of that but i also like that they kept it vague like it just wasn't straight up like boom uh mirabelle has a power now and the new power saves everybody you know like it's implied like yeah you know it was the friends we made all along like you know that sort of (laughs) yo funny enough i was gonna say the one piece thing but then i was like nah i'm not gonna do it (laughs) Do it. Uh, we make One Piece jokes on this every other episode. Uh, the One Piece was the, the friends we made all along. Yeah. Along, <laughs> along the, the way. Yeah. <laughs> Which was also a Brotaku block running joke. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, let me not, let me not do that. <laughs> yeah, so amazing movie. So just a couple of uh, discussion prompts real quick. What was your favorite song? Um... For me, it's uh, it has to be. We don't talk about Bruno, um, just because Cha Cha is such a mm. huge music genre for me uh, as Puerto Rican, but also like married to a Filipino. Like half of their line dances are to Cha Cha songs. <laughs> so knowing that, like, I can flip any one of their line dances. Um, with the we don't talk about Bruno as the soundtrack in the background like I just I love it I love it I used to compete in in like ballroom dancing and I would absolutely have made a full-on choreography to this song if I was still competing okay 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 Denzel still see it one day (laughs) uh mine's definitely surface pressure I think just the visuals of what we get with like the Greek mythology and like the Hercules and the Titanic, like all those like random scenes. Pressure like, like a drip, drip, drip. Yep. <laughs> right, right. It, it just all together, like with the visuals, what's going on, how Louisa feels afterwards. Yeah. It was just good. I I don't know if I have a favorite song. I know I love, I love Pressure, Bruno, obviously, but also what else can I do? Uh, bring it in, bring it in. Like, <laughs> Uh, there's a, there's another one like I mean oh and you know uh, dos oruditas yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
It's okay. We know that's your favorite. It's fine. Man, look, I'm owning. Be real. I mean, I got it, it, it's a four way tie, maybe a five way tie. What's what's the other one? Uh, oh, uh, family not, magical. I mean, that's a bop too. The, the whole thing's yeah. a bop. But also, uh, what's yeah. the next one? When when uh, they take the picture without her. Um, um yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the way yeah, i know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. The, I yeah can waiting on a miracle mountain, yeah. yeah like mm, i can't sing but in my <laughs> head i can sing and like that's about uh yeah that, love the songs yeah okay what about this what character are you <laughs> uh that's a good question um i've never thought about it i have I have uh, because <laughs> seen this movie seven times. <laughs> obviously, well, um, I thought about it because as a former cosplayer, the minute mm. that this came okay, out, sure. I immediately was like, "Who can I cosplay as?" Cosplay? <laughs> um, and the first one that came to me that I actually was showing uh, a picture that I have a comparison of is Dolores. I, I took a picture a while back when I went to some like dance hall thing where I had my hair up curly and wrapped up in like a red, you know, scarf around my head and a yellow shirt. And so it looks very similar to the color scheme of Dolores. But I think if I was being true to personality wise versus my physical appearance, uh, I would say I'm Louisa. And I think that just comes from being the oldest of my five sisters um, I was going to add that in if you didn't say that. Yeah, the only <laughs> the only child uh, for my mom. Um, so it, I, it, there's always been a significant amount of pressure and this like underlying, whether it was implied or self-imposed feeling of like responsibility, especially as I get older now and I see that like the onus is starting to fall more on our generation to either uphold traditions start traditions take over for responsibilities as far as you know care of elders or finances those kind of things so i would say louisa all right denzel so it's weird right so i think i present to other people like i would be louisa for similar reasons that lola discussed but i feel like if i was being like really really true to myself maybe like a a camilo because I feel like a lot of times I have to kind of adapt to what's going on and I have to do that really quickly. And I feel like that would apply to me really, really to my core. Yeah, man. I, I, I definitely expected you to say Dolores. I feel like you're Dolores. I feel like <laughs> you hear so much stuff. I feel like so many people think that they can confide in you, that you, you know, hear so I much stuff. Like but I think that in real talk, like you while you are good with the 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 com the confidants, I also think that like there is an underlying like you can't keep your mouth shut and something's gonna come out eventually. Like you're definitely gonna blow some stuff up, especially if it's for like self preservation. Fair enough. <laughs> up to me, I would definitely put you as a Dolores. You know crazy enough right so i was gonna say that but i was like nah there's no way that's like the <laughs> it's like the tip of your tongue choice but you're like nah mm-hmm. that doesn't sound right <laughs> i'll say dolores so maybe i'll take it i'll accept it i'm a dolores <laughs> congratulations what about, what about you tiff uh i'm gonna go with mirabelle and not 
not on some main character shit, but just because mm-hmm. I be getting on niggas' nerves. Like, I, I, <laughs> like I know it. I know it. Like, <laughs> uh, it's like, God, what is he on? Like, he's always on some shit. Like, just, I, I get it. That I get it. Hilarious. Um, That's so funny. That, I'm either doing the most or not enough. Uh, <laughs> or good mm. intentions, but somehow it, like. Yeah. Yeah, like the outcome doesn't come out to what your intention was. Yeah. Also, little Bruno. Also, I'd be telling people about themselves, and then like they get mad at me, and I'm like, if I wasn't your friend, I wouldn't tell you you fucking up. But here we go. Uh, You know what? True, true, true. (laughs) Now you're now you're explaining it. Yeah, I can see the miracle. Like, like I'm like everything. Not everything. I'm not perfect, but for the most part, like there's always like a method to my madness. And like, it's usually good intentions, but it don't always come across that way. Or I just get on people's nerves. Like I, like I, I would be Abuela's least favorite. I know that, <laughs> but I also would be the one to like tell Abuela about herself, and then really be her least favorite. I, it's Maribel. Tiffon <laughs> said. I'll accept the fact that you don't like me, but you don't listen. <laughs> Look, I'm doing this for your own good. Why are you it's booing me? <laughs> yeah. So final thoughts, anything we didn't get to, anything you want to say? Um, For me, I think that one of the things that we didn't really touch on, but is very important to me is twofold. One, it's that starting with, I want to say starting with Moana, I started mm-hmm. to see a little bit of a shift in the newer Disney uh, storytelling is that, that is Lin very empowering. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I, I okay. just, I loved that like Moana was about saving her family, saving her location. And while she had the help of Maui, there wasn't a romantic aspect of it. There wasn't a love interest. It wasn't mm-hmm. this damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. That had, you know, was some, it was always like this weird little underlying theme in older Disney stuff. So I definitely do feel that like the changes that we're seeing in culture are being represented in some of these newer movies. And I like that they're bringing up these stories where, you know, Mirabelle, she's got, you know, she's the main character. She's doing all this stuff, but it wasn't, there wasn't a love interest involved. There wasn't some guy. I mean, even though that's a, secondary storyline for somebody else in the yeah. in the movie in the in the movie it wasn't but, it wasn't really a thing it wasn't yeah. a driving force and i and i and i appreciate that and then the other uh big thing for me honestly really was the representation um not just visually on screen but in their casting they oh, yeah. made very we, we saw conscious... all levels of Colombians too. Yeah, 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 and and it wasn't like just Colombians, but they did really yeah. make a conscious effort to cast a lot of Colombians. Whether it was big names like Maluma, who plays Mariano or voices Mariano in the movie, I didn't um, even know that. Yeah, and like you know, Pepita's Colombian, uh, Abuela's Colombian, uh, Felix is Colombian, um, but also you know, John Leguizamo's Puerto Rican. Um, I think. Um, uh, what's her name? Guerrero, Diana Guerrero, who does Isabella. She's Cuban, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person who played Antonio is Dominican. So, like, there was just a vast array of actors that I think also helped with 
the on-screen representation in the hair types, the the body shapes, the skin tones, the fact that they literally made Louisa strong and like visibly thicker than what you would normally consider someone to be pretty, oh, yeah, and this... yet they still constantly say she's beautiful. She's she's yeah. strong and beautiful. Um, and I just they just really did such a good job, I think, of showing the full spectrum of um Latino, Colombian, oh, yeah, Hispanic. That, that's what I was know. getting at. Like you you see all different shapes and sizes and colors, yeah. uh, which is something that <laughs> doesn't always happen. Yeah. And if you didn't know before, I'm sorry, if you don't know now you know. That's what folks look like down there. It's a spectrum. Yeah. 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 So um, the one thing I did point out early on that I said when talking about Lin-Manuel, well, there have been some rumors about uh, next year, 2024, Disney releasing an animated movie called Suerte, which means luck in Spanish. And it's supposed to be based in Puerto Rico. And it's supposed to be um a puerto rican because it, it had it had lynn lynn manuel miranda listed again as doing the music i haven't seen anything really coming from any significant source that i can feel is credible to say that it is in fact confirmed um and the limited information that i saw was very disheartening um i don't know if it was just people speculating about who the voice actors were versus people that were actually confirmed there was not a lot of Spanish representation, let alone Puerto Rican representation. Um, the basis for the storyline that I heard, again, I'm not crazy about it. And I know that this is one of those areas that you're never going to be able to satisfy everyone. But if there was one takeaway, I hope that Disney execs uh, got from the success of Encanto is that you can tell stories that don't have to perpetuate stereotypes and don't have to uh, be limited to like these struggle come up stories and like have success and you can show diversity and representation. And so I really hope that, you know, if there is any truth to that movie and other movies that might be in the, in the works that they really do look at what worked well with Encanto and try to apply those same things to any future projects that they have. Um, I've always been a huge proponent for the fact that they're in the same way they took all of the folklores to create the little mermaids and the, you know, Hansel and Gretel's and all these other things. Like there's so many folklores in the various Latin American countries that they can pull from and they can show us Peru and Mayans and they can show us Chile or Brazil and they can show us Cuba or Dominican Republic. Like it doesn't always have to be the stereotypical that we've had so long. So I really hope that they, they move forward in that same direction because Encanto was such an amazing success that for them to do anything less than what they did with that would just feel like it's going backwards. Amen. Denzo. I don't know how I'm supposed to follow up that. Like, come on, man. Yeah. What was that? Was that trading trading places with Eddie Murphy? This dude in the in the jail cell scene just yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. Cosine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time we talk. Like we collectively yeah. said, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> the representation. Yeah. <laughs> and it's but hot outside, also, too. Right. <laughs> but on a serious note, I agree. Like, Disney as a as a you know overarching company has really shown even with the Marvel universe their initiative to one promote and highlight women and women of color as well and those cultures that are attached to them and I've really been happy to see that because that is a very welcome change to what <laughs> we've been seeing in media for the past hundred or so years. So it's nice to see change and seeing it being done so well. So I'm happy that that's coming out. Um, but it is going to take that, you know, extra level of effort, maybe hiring the right people, doing the doing the work of finding out what they can do with these stories instead of just kind of perpetrating or regurgitating things that, you know, everyone assumes or stereotypes about those cultures and people. Which so. they did a great job with this movie because they went yeah. down to Colombia and the I, I don't remember her real name, but their guide, their cultural guide mm-hmm. that they followed around and taught them stuff, they made Mirabelle look like her. So like folks would go to and she's from like a small town too. So folks would go to that town to like get autographs and pictures with her, which is really cute. And she opened up her own little bookstore. Uh, like a lot of the, almost all her notes, all all the things that little little things that she told them to do, and like it's like this, not this, and all that stuff. They they really listened to her and put it into the movie. And see, and that just kind of gives that extra layer of like it really impacts the people and yeah. highlights the culture, right? Yeah. So like it puts it beyond the movie, and that's kind of what I think the expectation is now. Like especially for such a big organization like Disney. Like you can do this and you can do it right. Oh yeah. So yeah. that should be the minimal expectation of what the product should be. Yeah. I'm not even gonna hold you. Uh, Disney is an evil corporation, but they've been really, <laughs> really been trying right? these these last uh, few years, or several years. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy for that. Yeah. I'm like they're still evil, but like it's <laughs> good. Keep it up. Keep it up. Make up for some of it, you know. I'm trying to see a, a Caribbean version. I know there's like I'm trying to see Disney Jonestown Mass. No, <laughs> look, it's, it's the only guy. It's the only shit people know about Guyana. I'm sorry, and it pisses me off. But I mean, listen. If I ever saw a Disney animated film where they had roti or like bustle shops, or like I would lose my mind. I would literally lose my mind I'm if I saying. saw them putting some like pepper sauce. I would like, well, that's it. Look, it's all gone down. They better make that oxtail look extra, extra juicy. Look, like. I would love it. I'm still. I'm not going to say I'm satisfied, but I love Cool Runnings so much. <laughs> that I'm I'm all right if they just animate cool runners, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm animate. still for you know I'm still with it though I I'm, I'd yeah. be I'd be welcoming, but yeah uh, nothing else I can say that we ain't already talked about such a cute movie such a good movie so ratings uh, I'm gonna start I said I thought I gave this a ten out of ten and I did and on my scale a ten means life changing so like. 
let me just run it down real quick. Like, so like five is unremarkable. Everything below that is some version of not good. But five is unremarkable. Nothing really to say about it, right? Six, decent. You know, it's fine. You don't feel like you wasted your time watching it. Seven, good. Eight, great. Nine, masterpiece. Ten is life-changing. And I gave this a ten because, like, I could not stop thinking about it for, like, three weeks. Like, it was so good. Like I said, I can't say anything that we haven't already said, but 10 out of 10. Uh, definitely. It's not in my DVD collection yet, uh, but it's going to be. It's going to be. Lola? For me, my rating for Encanto is that I would have waited in line for at least a week for the initial drop. Oh. And let me tell yeah. you. I don't wait in lines for anything. I don't care about initial drops, but for she this said movie, she camping out. I would have camped out <laughs> with, I mean, I literally would be the very first person in that line if that meant that I had to be there three weeks before the drop was going to happen. That's how high, in such high regard, I hold this movie. Denzel. Man, she went to the, to the sneaker. <laughs> the Okay. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll keep it real, real light, and I'll give it ten out of ten butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm Mariposa. No me aguantes ya. All right. So we all loved it. Needless to say. Yeah, that's very a, happy Mother's Day to everyone that's yeah. hearing this. Thank you it's before or after. Thank you for cycling back to that. Yeah, uh, this has been a Mother's Day episode. Thank you for listening. And I just wanted to say happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers, all of the mother figures, all of the all you mother hopeful mothers, mm-hmm. all of the mothers who are no longer with us. That's important too. Thank you, and thank you for listening. And go hug your mothers. oh uh before we sign off do y'all want to give any social media you don't have to if you if you want or any plugs or anything you want people to go look at i made all my social media private Uh, you're done you said you're out the game no more i'm out the game all right well now you a podcaster and a cinephile so you back in (laughs) i like it in that sense i will i will i will point people to um to my passion project um, and that is just a lifestyle blog about me and my Filipino husband joining our two blended cultures into one family. So feel free to follow at Fab Filirican. That's at F-A-B-F-I-L-I-R-I-C-A-N. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Denzel. About to like and subscribe the crap out of that. All right. <laughs> Um, same old, same old, as always, it's at Jim Leader Brock. Um, come follow me on Instagram. And yeah. All right. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at SGBK podcast. Uh, don't nobody follow us. So please follow us. Uh, if you haven't already like, and subscribe the podcast. So more folks could listen to us. Shout out Quebec and Singapore are and Washington State, our only three hardcore fans. <laughs> hardcore is in 
y'all come back every week. I don't know if you're real or not. Hopefully you're not a bot. Me personally, don't follow me on shit except for Letterbox. I'm at Tiffzilla on Letterbox. And thank you. Happy Mother's Day, guys. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Bye. Bye.